Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And I happen to be your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and provocative show. Two hostings in less than four days. Boy, am I excited. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. And here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Of course, it's the second Tuesday of the month, and that can only mean one thing in the first hour. A visit from the preeminent website as it relates to live fire. Meathead will be joining us for two segments. Tonight, how about this? A barbecue Central Who knew we were going to be starting Exclusive up. news update. Greg Rampey reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, where we break the most live fire breaking news that is breaking across the nation, nay, the globe. We will be unveiling a new segment ongoing for the next number of months with Meathead called Barbecue Science with Meathead. That's right. Tonight, for all of you youngsters... And I use that term not necessarily of age, but of experience in the live fire community. Maybe you're just getting into it. Maybe you met me down at Hartville Hardware over the weekend. You said, you know what? That fella, he's just all right. I'm going to start taking in this barbecue and grilling stuff and see what's what. And as you ventured across the worldwide internet over the last couple days and uh, learned all about this barbecue stuff, you heard a term called the stall. And you only know that to be something a car might do, or in worst case scenarios, a plane might do, a takeoff when the attack angle isn't achieved properly, and it falls out of the sky, and everybody hurdles to their ultimate demise. But we're not talking about that. We are talking about the stall as it relates to barbecue meat, the big ones. You know, brisket, pork butt, the two that are closely tied in. With this thing called the stall, a lot of people have ideas, myths, legends about what the stall is all about. But tonight, I'm here to tell you that Meathead is going to tell you exactly what the stall is, why it's happening, how you can patiently wade through it, or perhaps how you can impatiently power through it. 
And we'll be asking all sorts of follow-up questions along the explanation. I have some other things to chat with Meathead about, but that's what we'll be covering for our first installment with Barbecue Science with Meathead. And then we'll move to the second hour. And joining me, because the second hour is all about what? The biggest barbecue contest coming up in all of the year. That is the American Royal. So it's going to be American Royal Focus. Leading off at 14 past the second hour, a 2012 winner, longtime sponsor of this show, a premier pitmaster over the last decade, plus Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. We'll recap what it was like to win back in 2012 and what he remembers feeling. And I'm very interested in learning as you fast forward nine years, if he feels differently, if he's able to appreciate it in a different fashion, if he's more reverent about the competition itself, about the winners. And there's plenty else to talk. Plenty else? I think that's poor English. There's much more to talk about on top of looking back at the American Royal as well. We'll probably get some competition thoughts as it stands in 2021. And then closing out the show, going to the bullpen, as we like to say here on this show, the manager at the World Series of Barbecue, Emily Park, will rejoin us once more. We're not naming more Barbecue Hall of Famers tonight, and I can't believe she's actually available here Tuesday leading into the event itself, which has to be very hectic and logistically a nightmare. But she has made a few moments available for me this evening, and we'll talk about what's actually going down. The last pieces, I's, and T's that are being placed, crossed, and dotted. And we'll talk about other things going on at this event. I mean, we'll get some history, but then we'll talk about other things. If you're going, maybe you're going to be an attendee. You're not cooking it, but you're going to be a foot trafficker, an audience member, a fan, if you will. She'll tell you, other things to take in while you're down there aside from the barbecue stuff. So stay tuned for all of that this evening. You can follow me socially at TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at BBQ Central Show, Snappy Chat at BBQ Central for a live video feed. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show and YouTube slash RD Rempy. Also, two ways to get an ad-free podcast feed experience. If you can't get the show live, that's totally up to you at the Patreon page patreon.com slash bbq central show or if you use apple podcast you can subscribe to the ad free right in the app itself first off many of you reacting to sean walchef's interview from last week over the course of the last seven days many of you really heralding his candor his openness about how they really got away from their traditional business sense how they originally won in because of the as sean put it bad location bad timing because it was a recession to open a barbecue restaurant that also served breakfast and a whole bunch of the classic brick and mortar restaurant experience and how he'd leveraged social media in all various ways, how he's leveraged a podcast in all various ways to build an allegiant audience. And then as COVID hit really made a huge pivot where they are now not operating anything like they did back in 2008. And he's doing so much better than he has ever done, both from a labor standpoint, from a profitability standpoint, from a gross revenues standpoint, from a popularity standpoint. So he's hitting on all cylinders and he's, as he said, trying to become the Amazon of barbecue. So if you miss that, make sure you go back and get it. Some other listener feedback from the show over the last number of weeks, Austin and Nashville writing in Greg, great work pressing to get Carrie Bringle back on the show after last month's technical issues. The persistence paid off with a fantastic segment 
As long as Peg Leg Porker, uh, I'm a longtime Peg Leg Porker fan. It was great to hear Carrie's candor and passion coming through. Not sure how many Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame members got in after one segment, but if there were any, Carrie gets my nod for sure. Regards, Austin. P.S. Peg Leg Porker, a good uh, Peg Leg Porker serves a good pulled pork sando. But asking Carrie to take ribs off the menu is like asking Arby's to only serve chicken. How dare you? How dare you? I'm sorry. Thank you for writing in, Austin. Austin, uh, look, I'm a business guy. Do I understand? Perhaps it is some of the most sacrilegious sacrilege to recommend Carrie because of how high rib prices are right now. Would it ever make sense? Or to ask the question, to pose the question, would it make sense to pull ribs off the menu for a certain period of time until the rib pricing gets in line? Carrie disagreed vehemently. Austin obviously disagreeing vehemently as well, saying, how dare you? How dare you? I thought I'd ask. Tony in Georgia, Greg, I listened to the bonus content where you were a guest on the Real Food, Real People show. That was a fun interview. The host, Pat, has quite a unique voice. I'm not sure if I'm intrigued or offended. Good job. Love the show. Regards, Tony. Tony, thank you for writing in. Matt in Arizona writing in. Greg, I listened to your recent podcast on a flight back home from Arizona after judging the Nugget Rib Cook-Off in Nevada. It was great to see hundreds of thousands of people return to this annual event following its first year off in three decades. Anyway, loved your discussion on cigars and barbecue. While they're smoky common denominator, I've always loved the pairing of a great cigar and smoked meats. As is the case with wine, spirits, and beers, there are cigars that pair better with barbecue than others. And the attached photo shows one that I fired up and thoroughly enjoyed after my judicial duties at the Ribfest. It's the 2021 Las Cavaleres from Crowned Head Cigars. I have no professional association with the company or its brand, just my recommendation for a stick that smokes beautifully alongside pork. Love your show. Regards, Matt. Matt, thank you for writing it. I got to tell you, I'm quickly becoming a fan of cigars. I was really on the teetering edge initially, but like most <laughs> finer things in life, it's an acquired taste. But when I was ready to discard pretty quickly... But I'm digging it. Lighter wrappers for me, Connecticut stuff. I do like a bigger ring gauge. I like the airflow that way. I found that the tighter, like the thinner ring gauge, smaller ring gauge, too tight. I like a little bit more oxygen. Like John Solberg was saying, he likes a bigger ring gauge. I find myself the same thing. A crew Epicure Toro, I believe, is my cigar of choice right now. Anyway, Meathead is coming up. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best supplies by Big Papa Sterling Ball himself. 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings get you started, right? You got the popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards like mine. I also love Double Secret Steak Rub and... Uh, hallelujah, jalapeno, the list goes on. Now, if you're looking for a new sauce, you're tired of all the stuff that's out there existing, Granny's Barbecue Sauce is something you might want to try. 
a traditional and powerful flavor that reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Aside from rubs and sauces, he's selling some of the best cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker, easy to use, check out that Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers, all right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not a backyard barbecue enthusiast and you're looking for something else, call them. Ask questions. They're here to help. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. And Meathead is up out of the gate. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, uh, creators of automatic temperature technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them at 800-288-GURU. Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology, of course. Uh, let's see, do I have it here? I didn't carry it over. Well, humble apologies. We race to the hotline and welcome in the creator of AmazingRibs.com. It is, of course, Meathead. Hey, Meathead. Oh, Greg, and hello, Centralites. Love that Cleveland skyline in the background. It's very majestic with all of our three skyscrapers touching the sky in a very nice sunset type of picture. And we've talked about that over the last couple of months of uh, you know how I finally earned up to having the skyline that I so staunchly advocate for finally flying behind me. Good on me. Are you? Uh, shouldn't they be? Shouldn't they be draped in black this week? For what? Sunday. Meathead, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take the contrarian view <laughs> if you don't mind for one second. We're gonna turn this into a sports talk show for five minutes. How many people really thought? that Cleveland was going to go into Arrowhead and win, number one. Number two, I'm going to point out, I would like to preface my statement first by saying you have to play four quarters in a game or it's going to be tough to win. Outside of that, for three and a quarter quarters, we were the class of the field. The offense was stupendous. The defense was was okay. And Nick Chubb puts the ball on the ground. The tide turns. There's a terrible uh, punt snap, then that turns into a touchdown. All of a sudden, the game's over, and you lose by four. I think we might have lost by uh, three or four last year as we were exiting the playoffs at Arrowhead, of course. So, yes, it is painful, but I think if this was game 16 or game 17 of the season, it would have a much different 
heavy palate feel than it is in game one, and I'll take it. <laughs> I, I thought revenge was thine, but you're missing a great opportunity. How about those Chicago Bears, Meathead? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Who is the yeah, quarterback Monday these days? A lot worse than Sunday. <laughs> indeed. Uh, Meathead, so before we get into our new monthly segment called Barbecue Science with Meathead, which, yeah. you know, we toiled and toiled and toiled with that name, and, and we said, this has to be it. Uh, let's talk. Yeah, now. You know, at least two minutes on it. Indeed. Uh, last month, it was said that the rubs were going to be out, but we can now officially say with 100% assurity, as I like to say on this show, that the rubs are now officially out for sale, out on the internet. So if you have long waited well, to get your hands on the pork and the beef and the yes poultry. No. What are you talking about? Well, we've announced them to our members. Yeah. Oh. But there's a very small supply. Oh. And we are waiting for the absolute final release of this. What is that? Let me blow up on that. Meatheads KC barbecue sauce. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. Well within the brand is uh, on the labeling too, which I like uh, yeah, to the rubs. Yeah, so we're uh, keeping everything good. It's supposed to come out any day now, and we're holding the um, announcement, the broad public. You, I mean, you and your followers, the Centralites, yes. and our members of the Pitmaster Club know about them, but we haven't really announced them yet. We're going to have a product launched probably late this month or early in October when we can announce all four of them simultaneously. We're still waiting for the sauce to get into inventory and for pricing to be set, but uh, the rubs are available, and uh, we're only sharing that news with our members. I guess we can share it with you guys. Um, AmazingRibs.com slash flavor. And you'll see the three rubs there. <clears throat> and you can order them direct from the manufacturer. Old World Spices, and they did a bang-up job on making them. I'm very pleased with it. Do you have liquid smoke in that barbecue sauce, Mita? I think there may be, yes. Is it, uh, is it referred to as a natural flavoring? On the ingredients list, you know, I have. We, it's been so long since we put the recipe together, I forget everything that's in here. But there may, may be. I don't see it on the label. Natural smoke flavoring, something like these things. Uh, yeah, yeah, liquid uh, smoke is in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you keep it's it. It's really hard to compete on the very small amount. It's low down on the list. I'll I'll be the judge of that once I get my hand on one of those bottles. I'm very pleased with the flavor. Give the old it tastes sniff. good. Is it so? It's a thicker sauce, I would imagine. If you're listing it as KC, it's, it's a little bit thicker, thick. medium thickness. Medium uh, thick. Would you have to cut it with something in order to turn it into a glaze, or could you glaze it as is? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, you know, I define a glaze as something that's really heavy on sugar, and it's shiny, mm -hmm. and uh, you know things like the Blues Hog. I would consider a glaze. It's really heavy on corn syrup and uh, sugar. Um, and this is a traditional barbecue sauce, you know, in the vein of your classic Kansas City barbecue sauces. It's got a secret ingredient in there that I'm pretty, that I think really steps it up a notch. And I'm not saying, saying but when you get your bottle, I'll make sure I'll send you some. You can take a guess at it. Hmm. Is it cinnamon? I'm not telling oh, you nothing. I thought I was going to get you there. Before we dive into... It's a, I'm very pleased with all the rubs and the sauce. We really worked hard on them. Secret ingredient in barbecue sauce. 
Mm-hmm. I have to think. Uh, everybody listening here, start throwing up guesses, and then at some point, <laughs> well, Meathead will forget it. that he said it was secret, and he'll reveal it, and then I'll give five no, bucks no, no, to whoever no, no. guesses you it. You gotta taste it. Ooh. Uh, you gotta taste it. Here's a great, here's a great guest coming in from Jason Pettis. I'll flash it up here so everybody can see it. Is it MSG? And we know it is. Thank no. God. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Uh, but I just, I just wrote a big article on MSG. Um, I am turning into a serious fan. I love MSG. Yes. Um, I, I just did a couple of steaks the other night, one with and one without, and boy, you could really taste the difference. Uh, I'm, I keep a, a jar of it right next to the, uh, the stove now. Um, and, uh, I, I have really delved into the chemistry and the history and the whole concept of Chinese, um, restaurant syndrome. And, uh, that, that could be a topic for another one of our little science chats. Here it is from smoking Joe's barbecue pit. It's freaking pineapple. We knew it. <laughs> That's a good guess, but it's wrong. All right. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Maybe my next one. <laughs> Let's talk about for people who for people who don't know the joke. A, a, a while ago, we were talking about our favorite things on the grill, and I said I I think pineapple may be my favorite thing on the grill, and Greg has never let me forget it. <laughs> uh, and neither are the centralites, as they are just rolling in no, with all sorts all of pineapple references. <laughs> no doubt about it. I lost. I lost a lot of credibility with that one, but if you've never grilled pineapple, you don't know what you're missing. Oh, I have, and it's very delicious. I certainly agree. Uh, barbecue indeed. fad, before we get into the stall, Meathead. Are you down on... Uh, heck, meathead, do you want to play a game? Um, sure. I'm always up for whatever you want. All right. Uh, meathead is going to be playing the game with us this evening. Meathead, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Me? Yes. Uh, I, it was, I was born on a cold and stormy night. <laughs> All right, here we go. Meathead, the question is this. In regards to barbecue fads, 100% yes or 100% no, you are down with smoked cream cheese. I like it. I like it's a yes butter. or no answer. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a yes. All right, final answer? Yeah. We'll lock Meathead in on yes. And the answer to 100% yes or 100% no, does Meathead like cream cheese? Meathead answers yes, and he is... Correct! All right, way to go, Meathead. Correct Thank goodness. <laughs> I'd hate to think you got your own answer wrong. Um, what do you think about that? Have you seen this all over Instagram over the last number of weeks where uh, you've taken a brick of cream cheese, put it in a smoker of some sort, and now it is the hot dish on social media? Is it BS to you? Well, first of all, I have... I used to spend more than an hour a day on social media. Um, Twitter, Facebook... And I've, I've just pretty much backed off. Um, we do share a daily tip on cooking and grilling and smoking on social media, but I don't hang out there. I don't entertain um, uh, idiots with um, <laughs> arguments. If you want to engage with me, just come to AmazingRibs.com. That's my website, not 
Zuckerberg's website or Dorsey's website. So um, I, you know, I don't know what's going on in the world of TikTok. Although, God, I love TikTok, uh, but, <laughs> but or or uh, Instagram. I don't spend much time on them anymore. All right. Well, you're missing out on the latest fad, which is smoked cream cheese. We'll move on from there. Let's talk about important but it's, things. I mean, I've smoked all kinds of cheeses, and they work. I mean, there are some cheeses that are better than others. You know, everybody knows smoked Gouda. How can you go wrong with that? Yeah. Um, and there, you can smoke a lot of cheeses. I've smoked blue cheese. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. As I had mentioned in the open of the show, Meathead, there could be folks getting into this live fire love affair that we've been entrenched in for well over a decade and they're starting to learn about things and hear Mm -hmm. terms and all of this so i thought it would be good to start out or kick off barbecue science with meathead segment by talking about one of the most prolific topics to Mm -hmm. ever be talked about in the realm of live fire cooking and that's called the stall so uh, let's talk or introduce me to the stall and you know what and perhaps Let's start with like what the biggest misconceptions are. So let's define it, and then let's talk about the biggest misconceptions, and then we can really get into what's the science and what's happening. Well, let me let me begin actually by giving a, a fun little bit, bit of a backstory. Um, back in uh, somewhere around uh, two thousand five or so, I launched AmazingRibs.com, and uh, it was just one recipe ribs. And uh, it started to grow, and I got really interested in why things happened. And I started um, fiddling around doing kitchen science. And uh, some guy came to the website, and um, uh, we started exchanging questions. And uh, I, I asked him, I said, well, one of the things that puzzled a lot of beginners, including me, is why when you put a pork butt or a brisket on a smoker at a temperature like 225, why does the temperature, the internal temperature, go up, 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 and then stop? And it holds there for a long time. And this guy, his name was Greg Blonder. He's a PhD. He was um, uh, the the head of research at AT um, AT&T, a physicist, a, a food scientist. He's now a professor at Boston University, and it began a very wonderful long relationship uh, and his name is actually on the cover of my book as, uh, as, as my, our science advisor. And so he began to delve into what causes the stall. And the stall is really concerning to newbies who are, who are doing, well, often it's pork butt because pork butt is a really great way to begin smoking. Um, it's a really forgiving piece of meat. When you're done, it's a lot of fun. It feeds a lot of people. It refrigerates and freezes well. And so they'll throw a pork butt, maybe five, eight pounds, onto a smoker. And typically, 225 is your benchmark smoking temperature. And like I said, it'll, it'll, it'll go up and up and up for four or five hours until it hits somewhere between 150 and 170. And then it stops going up. And, you know, about that time, uh, your spouse starts... Uh, tapping his or her foot and saying, uh, you know, the company's going to be arriving any minute. Where's dinner? And you're thinking, well, geez, you know, I've got to get this up to 190, 200, and I'm stuck at 160. Um, what causes that? 
So Blonder, Blonder uh, and I uh, talked about it, and he set up some experiments. Um, there were uh, theories around the Internet and all over in the barbecue world. The general consensus was that it had something to do with the rendering of fat, that uh, the, the temperature stopped going up while the fat was rendering. And then there was a, um, a, um, a con competing theory that it had to do with um, uh, the connective tissues which r surround the muscle fibers and the bundles of muscle and had to do with them converting to gelatin. Um, uh, which makes one of the reasons why barbecue is so wonderful. Uh, and, uh, and those were the pr pr providing, uh, pr presiding theories. Well, one of the experiments Blonder did was um, he took a big old blob of fat that he trimmed off of uh, some brisket and wadded it up into a ball. And then he took a, um, a, a big old sponge and filled it with water and put them in the smoker and put thermometers in them and watch them. And the ball of fat, the temperature just kept going up and up and up and up and up and up and never stalled. But the, the sponge went up and up and up and hit that temperature around 150, 160, and then it stopped going up and held there for hours. And so we did a bunch of other experiments and we had a lot of fun with it. And we finally figured out that what was happening was especially at a low temp in the 225 to 250 range, the moisture evaporating from meat, like a pork butt or a brisket, the evaporation rate was cooling the meat. Just like when you go out in the yard and cut the lawn and you start sweating, you, it cools you. Well, the evaporation rate from the meat was cooling the meat at the same rate that the warm air was heating it. So you hit this stasis where it couldn't rise in temperature until the surface dried out. When the surface dried out and there was no more moisture for it to evaporate, then the temperature went up. So essentially, it stopped increasing in temperature until bark formation was complete. Hmm. And of course, everybody loves bark. Bark is the uh, barbecue slang word for that marvelous crust, especially on a pork butt where you get all these herbs and spices from your rub and there's sugar in there and the moisture mangles with it and you get this wonderful crunchy dried meat. It's essentially jerky. It's the dried surface of the meat. And once that happens, then the temperature can go up and up and up and up. And we we devised a number of tests and um, uh, Greg has all kinds of scientific instruments and uh, approved the theory. Um, I, I'll never forget, I went over to the Barbecue Brethren, which is a message board, and posted the data and uh, just got absolutely slaughtered, murdered. I mean, anybody who's hung around that place knows that um, it's a dangerous place. <laughs> Especially if you don't go in there regularly. They didn't know me from Adam. And here I am busting their popular theories. But of course, it proved right. And it is now generally accepted. And it's been proven again by others. Uh, but uh, um, it's a fascinating concept. And uh, there are other ways to deal with it. Uh, there, there are numerous ways to deal with it. Let me interrupt just for one second. So the 
preeminent thought that you have basically debunked is as it's getting into the 165, 170 range, which is where the stall is typically occurring, that that's the point internally where everything is breaking down and what's breaking down is cool. It's hitting your meat thermometer. And that's what's, you know, in some cases it either holds. I've seen it drop a couple degrees as well. Yeah. And that's what everybody was thinking on the common was that whatever's happening on the inside, uh, that, that fat is melting, but it's still cool. And, and that's what's hitting your temperature probe and, and having the stall happen. But that's not necessarily we, the case. We now know the temperatures at which the fat renders. We now know that temperatures at which the collagens convert to gelatin. Um, and we also know that the wisdom handed down by our forebears that low and slow is, is meritorious. We now know why, uh, because during that prolonged cook, especially during the stall, wonderful things are happening both on the surface and below the surface. And in fact, a lot of people baste their meat or mop it or spritz it, which further moistens the surface, which de further delays the cooking, which lengthens the time on the, uh, on, the, on the smoker. And there are benefits to that. Meathead, hold on one second. And when we come back, we will talk about ways to deal with the stall that I'm sure you have proven out here. So stand by as we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com and our first of what will be a number of months in a row, Barbecue Science with Meathead. If you're just tuning in right now, we're talking about the stall. So you'll have to go back on the podcast a little bit later this evening or tomorrow morning or whenever the hell it's released because Apple Podcast truly sucks. But use Google Podcast. That's what I say. You can get it pretty much right away. And then you can catch up and you can listen to the next part live if you're just tuning us in right now. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meat. We also love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling like steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professionals and backyard cooks. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grills, the game-changing oval design. This shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other benefits a ceramic grill will give you. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 ways to configure the Primo cooker, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. We all know that lift hinge has been revamped earlier in the year. It's a nice eight-pound lift now. Also, the top and bottom air dampers have been revamped. Now we have new accessories rolling out. The new Primo Grill Rotisserie, turning out great food, including everybody's favorite chicken wings with ease. Coming up a little bit later is the Primo Pizza Grill accessory. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz. Yes, patented technology. A yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities and multiple sizes. Yes and yes. If you just have to have a round one, they have those two, but really... Consider the Oval for Pete's sake. Visit primogrill.com for a dealer near you or check them out on Facebook or Instagram at Primo Grill or Primo Grill Cooker. Who's ready for a Primo? I'm ready for a Primo. I know Meathead's ready. Everybody's ready for a Primo. Come on. Two-zone cooking on a ceramic cooker. We love it. 
We'll be right back with more Meathead. Stick around for one minute. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com if you want, but I say go to Cook Pellets first and see what's shaking over on their website before you go to Amazon. You can also check out the other products that they're offering. Chris Becker and the gang over at Cooking Pellets. All right, Meathead, so we've learned. Oh, oh, go ahead. I want to barge in before we go further into right. a couple of things. First of all, um, I, I, I was delighted to hear Primo is sponsoring. Yes. It's my favorite. A lot, the Slow and Sear and the Primo are my two favorite um, uh, ceramics. Because you can really do two-zone cooking on them evenly. And in my world, two-zone cooking, which we can do as another topic in the science, is absolutely essential. And it's really hard to do on the round Kamados. So the Primo, which is oval, you can do two-zone. The Slow and Sear, which is round, has an insert that allows you to easily go from a hot zone to a cool zone. And I really like both of them. Also, in the intro at the very beginning, you use the word reverent in regard to Sterling Ball. And I believe he's going to be on later tonight. I, I said reverence, the, not reverent, like irreverent. I said reverence. Reverent? Reverence. Does he treat it with reverence? a certain with does he treat it with a different amount of reverence? Or does he treat does it he with he treat it with, with a, a different reverence. amount of reverence? Yes. Well, there's nothing that he treats with reverence. What? And you know this. Uh-oh. You know this, and I'm hoping he's I listening to bust my chops on this. But the man has never treated anything with reverence. I mean, he is. Well, the he's getting ultimate. older, and perhaps yeah, nine years a, later, he's, he's a bit more reverent. And crank, and I love him to death. He is. He's one of my mentors. Um, I, 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 uh, I've learned a great deal from him. And uh, Meathead, would you I say that Sterling immensely. is perhaps one of the most underappreciated people in the live fire landscape? Well, he would be more appreciated if he held things in more reverence, <laughs> if he wasn't so outspoken and opinionated. Yeah, but I mean, that's <laughs> what we need. We need people that when yeah. they're right to speak oh, yeah. out. That's and why say, this I would love BS. him. And- yes. That's why I love him, but I think a lot of people find him uh, grating because of him, uh, of that. Uh, I think he's marvelous, and I love his products. I love oh, Big Papa Smokers, and this is not a paid endorsement. Um, I'm endorsing all your uh, sponsors, by the way, Primo's, uh, Big Papa, which is Sterling Ball. Also, you have on tonight Emily, yes, Emily Park from uh, uh, the Kansas City Royal, and uh, um, I think, as you know, you've been kind enough to mention it on air i've been invited to join the barbecue hall of fame this year and there is an induction ceremony coming up on saturday and unfortunately i have chickened out uh i've decided to stay home and watch the uh my florida gators play alabama (laughs) instead of go to the induction ceremony uh no it's uh it's it's just i'm not real comfortable about being on an airplane and in crowded airports and hotel ballrooms and so um, even though I'm vaccinated and I, I wear masks, uh, 
I, I've, I've, I've chosen to sit this one out and hopefully they'll uh, permit me to come next year or unless if, and you can ask Emily this, if she wants, I'll, I'll let her present me here on uh, the preeminent barbecue and grilling radio show. Uh, and I'll accept my award in front of you and your audience. But you got to give me time to make an acceptance speech. Well, you should do um, a whole bonus content on that. There you go. We don't even have but to my, have a show. My, my right-hand man, Clint Cantwell, uh, vice president in charge of whatever, uh, is going in my stead, and he'll accept the award. So if you're going to Kansas City oh. with the hopes of uh, hanging out with me, I wish I could buy you all around. Um, Clint will be there, and unfortunately, he's a teetotaler. Clint, like you. Clint is like the worst public speaker I've ever heard in my life. Why would you send him? He's the worst. I mean, I love Clint like the next guy, but he's not I a guy I want making I, a, an acceptance speech on my behalf. You should have at least asked me. We've been working on it. He 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 he, he he's a good speaker. No, His words are well he's chosen. Not. He's a good he's writer. A he's, he's a poor speaker. speaker he's a good. He's no a great modulation. writer. No. He's a great writer. Yeah. He's a poor speaker. Yeah. And if yeah. he's not yeah. going to admit it, then he's lying to himself. And I'm here. I'm grading like Sterling Ball is grading. I'm going to sit here and call a spade a spade. So uh, I feel I feel yeah, like the people. Guy. It had to have been quite a amount of mulling for you. We're yeah. getting away from the yeah. stall here, but I'm going to get no, us back it's on like track one here. Of the, it's second. one of the great honors of my life. Yes, it is you're not going to be there. It's the greatest honor of my barbecue career. Um, and I am uh, immensely grateful, and uh, um, I, but I, I would like to live to enjoy it. And uh, at my age, with what they call underlying conditions, mm. I just felt that uh, it would be wise for me to sit it out this year. Let's make a deal right here on this show. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> on the off chance, and we are giving 1%, 2% chance of success here. On the off chance that in 2022, yours truly somehow magically makes it into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, you are coming to the American Royal with me, and you are giving your acceptance speech in place of mine, and that's what's going to happen. How about that? Deal? I, I, I don't know what the chances are, but I do know that I will personally nominate you again this year, um, and uh, I don't believe there are any broadcasters in the Hall of Fame. No. There's only 25 living members, um, and uh, I think that uh, you have proven your uh, your worth and your mettle. And uh, I'm asking it would be cool you for a deal. Go in with you. Are you going to do it with me next year if I get in? I'll I'll go in with you, uh, but I can't accept on your behalf. You are. You're going to do it. You're going to give your speech. No, That's no. The deal. I, you have. We just agreed. We, I tell you we what. Just agreed. We'll go up together and accept it together. We'll sing a song together. Islands in the stream. <laughs> I'll be Dolly. You can be Kevin. All right. Going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. They got some crazy little women there. I'm telling you, we get up there and we start singing a duet, we're going to get punched out. I, there's no doubt about it. There's a lot of mm -hmm. testosterone mm -hmm. down there. All right, let's get back to the stall here. So we talked about what's happened, why it's happening. We've debunked one of the greatest ongoing myths of why it's happening. But how can we power through it if we want to? Or how can we avoid it if we want to? And should we? Yeah, there, there are a couple of ways. Um uh, and, and, you know, there are pros and cons. Um, there's a technique that is called the, bar, uh, the, uh, the Texas crutch in the barbecue world. And the Texas crutch is um, wrapping the meat 
tightly. You have to wrap it tightly. And again, Blonder did a really interesting experiment. We wrapped it loosely and wrapped it tightly. Um, and you wrap it in aluminum foil or butcher paper. And the idea here is, is that by wrapping it tightly in foil or paper, butcher paper is good because it soaks up the fat and it doesn't allow a lot of moisture to evaporate. You stop this evaporating co evaporative cooling. So when it, it, you've stopped the evaporative cooling, it will continue to heat. Uh, and, 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 and when you've got it all wrapped up like that, you actually have something akin to braising which is when you cook meat in a, um, in a, in a wet environment, in yep. a liquid environment. And that will allow the meat to go rapidly through the stall. So you can cut two or three or four hours off the cooking time if you want. There are people who believe that that um, uh, defeats some of the tenderizing that goes on if you don't wrap. But there is tenderizing that goes on from steam inside that wrap. Yep. The downside of it is, is you don't get that crunchy bark that you did when you um, left it unwrapped. If you got that meat sitting out there in the warm, dry air, you get that dehydrated um, uh, jerky-like bark, uh, which you lose if you wrap it in foil. You still have a lot of the flavor from the rub, but it'll be soft. Uh, now, the, the way to counterattack that is after you're done with the wrap, after you're done with the crutch, about an hour or so before dinner, is you take the foil off and then you put it back on a hot grill or just back in the smoker to dry out the surface and firm up the crust. Um, a couple of problems with that process is if you've got a probe in that meat, the first thing that's going to happen when you take it out of the foil is you're going to watch the temperature take a nosedive. So you brought it all the way up to 200, 203, 205, where it's really at its most pullable and shreddable. And then um, you open up the foil and bada boom, it goes right down to 170, 180 um, on the interior. But it's fully cooked and it's, you know, 170, 180 is actually hotter than you really want to put in your mouth. So there's no real problem there. The other option is, is to bring it inside and put it under your broiler or put it on a charcoal or a gas grill right over the flame, over direct heat and, and dry it out that way. So there are a ways to get the bark back. Um, another way to overcome the stall is to crank up the temperature. Um, leave it at low and slow at 225 or so if you want until it gets to the stall, when it starts to stall, increase the temperature. Add another log, throw on more charcoal, turn the dial up on your gasser, whatever, get the temperature up into the 300 range. At that temp, the air overwhelms the cooling effect of the evaporation to a degree. It will still slow it down, the evaporation, mm. but the uh, hot air will help speed it up so you can overcome. And you know, pork butt in particular can handle 300, 350 easily. And if anybody has been paying attention on the barbecue circuit, um, we know that uh, the, uh, pop, I think popularized by the great Myron Mixon, um, uh, cooking brisket up in the 300 to 350 range has become acceptable in, the, in recent years. So um, you can either turn the temp up or use the Texas crutch to get past the stall if you want. But if you don't want, and time is on your hands, you throw your pork butt on at 8, 10 o'clock in the morning for a 5 o'clock dinner, just let her rip. Let her go. Let it stall. 
and it'll eventually punch through on its own, and you're going to have great pulled pork with great bark, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Here's what I do over the last number of years. I found it to work really good for me. Pork butt goes on 10, 11 o'clock at night, 225 degrees. Uh, I use Traeger uh, or or Green Mountain Grill, depending on how many butts that I have because my Green Mountain's a little smaller. So if I'm doing a number of them, it'll have to go on the Traeger. And then, uh, so 225, and then I'll get up, let's say, on a Saturday, 7, 8 o'clock, take a look at it. If it's got the color I like and the the bark is kind of formed on there. Uh, Oh, by the way, I start them all in pans, the half pans, or I'll use a full pan. And they cook all in there, and then I'll take a double wrap foil over the top, put them in, uh, back in until, you know, noon or so, and then I'll take the foil back off of it. Now I've collected a whole bunch of uh, au jus from the pork, and uh, I don't even probe anymore, really. Uh, if the meat has kind of jumped off the blade bone, then I know it's done, and then it's going to hold for another two or three hours. So mm-hmm. I'll put it into a dry cooler. And I, I think so, that's a great technique. Is it crunchy bark? No. I'm not a huge fan of crunchy bark on pork, and we pull all of the pork together and mix it all in. So I think at least my crowd would be a little off-putting or displeasing to have big crunchy bits in it. And I get now more of a tender jerky-like, definitely packed with flavor. All the things that you had mentioned is just not as tough as a more traditional turkey, uh, turkey jerky or or crunchy bite as you're talking about. Well, I think taste is a matter of taste. And, and, you know, I mean, if you happen to be someone who really likes that, um, a dry, crunchy, jerky-like bark. Here's a trick that's absolutely total heresy. But take your five-pound butt and bust it up. Now, if a, a, a butt has this T-shaped blade bone in it, and what Greg was talking about is a great way to tell how it's doing if you're not using a thermometer, and even if you are using a thermometer, is you can grab that blade bone and give it a wiggle. And it, it, it can even pull right out sometimes when it's done. Clean as a whistle, too, not, not a shred of meat hanging on there. But um, uh, before you cook it, you can bust it up into two or three parts. They're smaller. They're tubes. But now you've got more surface to put your rub on. You're going to have more surface to dry out. And because the meat is thinner, it's not as thick, it cooks faster. So that's another technique to speed up the process and get more bark. There was a guy now, at the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest that I was emceeing over the weekend, and he took a pork butt, and he basically made pork belly burnt ends out of it, but he used a pork butt. So he squared off. It was a boneless pork butt that he got from you know one of the stores or whatever, but he did his best to make all the parts even enough and cooked it up. I got to tell you, as he was explaining the process, he's like, if you're somebody that really likes bark, then this is the way... Uh, or this is an option for you to get more bark and use a pork, but at the same time, it was very good. I was surprised. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, the, if you're old guard, then you just take your pork butt, you um, uh, you season it up, and you put it on the smoker, and you watch that fire. You control and manage your fire. You keep your temperature stable, um, usually around 225, and just let it go. 
And after 10, 12 hours, depending on the weight, humidity has something to do with it. If you baste it or spritz it, that has a lot to do with it. Your ambient air temperature, whether it's cold outside, if it's cold outside and it's winter, the oxygen coming into your fire box is going to be colder, and that's going to keep your um, fire consuming more um, uh, uh, fuel. So there are a lot of variables involved. And that's why I often get this question, and I know you do too, and any of you who are listening who are pit masters and your neighbors want, well, how long does it take to cook a pork butt? And, you know, or when is it ready? It's ready when it's ready. Right. I mean, it, you're, you know, and, and, and that's, a, that, 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 that's an aggravating damn dancer, and I hated getting that all the, that time. Um, but, you know, you're not in control. You're not driving the bus. That's the stall from start to finish. If you have other questions, please go over to AmazingRibs.com and see all of the reference material that has been posted on that website. If you're so inclined, drop in 24 bucks and become a member of the Pitmasters Club. Be privy to, no, $25? We raised, we raised the price. Okay. It's $34.95 now. $34.95. It's eleven dollars more. It's still under three bucks a month, but if you've been a member, you do not get the price increase. Only new members pay the higher price. All right. So the old guard is in, but if you want to be a new guard, thirty-four, just shy of thirty-five. And bucks. we are now seventeen thousand five hundred and change members. I think it's seventeen thousand six hundred and change, which is larger than the Kansas City Barbecue Society. That's right. So uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, get all the free stuff over to AmazingRibs.com, but I would recommend that you bone out the 35 bucks and become a member of the Pitmasters Club and get privy to all sorts of news releases and first looks and all that other fun stuff. In the meantime, if you don't want to do any of that, tune into the show on the second Tuesday of every month and hear Meathead and I talk nonsense, tomfoolery, and shenanigans. Go ahead. And let's let next month... Yes. Let's talk about the smoke ring. All right, we'll do it. I'll see you then. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for sitting through this, you uh, loving centralites. And uh, uh, we'll see you next month. And if not sooner, we'll see you on AmazingRibs.com. All right. Smoke ring next month. Here we go. I know smoke ring is a fascinating subject. I know you can make a fake smoke ring. Little tease there for those that are new maybe you didn't know that yeah you can always great information from meathead let me talk to you about the newest sponsor of the show yukon glory the yukon glory grill and serve set an absolute revolution when it comes to the landscape of grilling baskets because we now know this i hate two things about using grilling baskets during my cook a i have to wear some kind of heat resistant glove to take the thing off the cooker because it's freaking hot Number two, it gets grease and oil all over the damn table or counter or wherever I put it when I set it down to serve. Being someone who's known as a bit of a clean freak, this isn't something that I can really get down with. So what's a gal to do? Enter a great product from Yukon Glory called the Grill and Serve System. This patented design fixes everything. The set includes three stainless steel grill baskets, which are moved by a clip-on handle that seamlessly grips the interior of the basket for easy lifting and dropping a.k.a. not burning the shit out of my hands. The set also has a large custom-fitted stainless steel serving tray to catch any drips and allow for a beautiful table presentation, but perhaps, in my case, more importantly, gives you a clean table when everyone is done eating. Thank you, Yukon Glory. 
Now, what should you be cooking in these things, and where can you get them? They're perfect for veggies and seafood and wings, tacos, all meat. If you can think of it, you can use the grill and serve for it as far as where you can buy it. Amazon, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Target. I recommend yukonglory.com. Why? Because 10% off your order when you go to Yukon Glory when you use promo code 10CENTRAL. 10-C-E-N-T-R-A-L. 10CENTRAL for a 10% discount across the board and ongoing. So show up there on a Monday, get three or four items, use 10CENTRAL, save 10%. Show up there later in the week, buy four or five other new items that you didn't get the first time, use promo code 10CENTRAL, you get 10% off. How about that? You love it. Yukonglory.com. That's Yukonglory.com. Or follow them on Instagram and Facebook at at Yukonglory. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. I knew this was coming. This segment brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 today. What are you waiting for? Well, I didn't see this one coming. Smoking Joe's Barbecue Pit. $35 times $17,500. Meet and rich. Yeah. Again, if you didn't hear what he just said, Joe, the price just went up. Everybody's not paying $35. I almost said $3,500. He would like $3,500 a year. That would, now, that would be the not. However, the price just went up, so any new members would be paying $11 more. So your math is a little off. Next month, I will ask uh, Meathead to roll out the financials so we can all marvel at what how rich Meathead is, because that's what you want to know, right? Of course. Uh, we thank Meathead for joining us for the last two segments. Of course, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com. You can find him evidently limited on socials, Instagram and Twitter, sometimes on Facebook. You can ask questions there. Otherwise, just go to AmazingRibs.com, ask questions there. That's his space. And as I had mentioned, if you're really into that whole thing, join the Pitmasters Club for 35 bucks, and you can meet up with like-minded individuals. You get all sorts of new releases and first looks, drafts of books, and this and that and the other thing. So great information there for you to take advantage of. We're pointing to the second hour, so go ahead and refresh your libation. Whatever it is that you're drinking. Or perhaps, uh, dare I say, light up a stogie. Have you tried the Crew Epicure Grand Tour? Is it Grand Tour? I don't know. It's smooth and creamy. 
Can a cigar be creamy? It says creamy on the box description. I don't know. All right, we'll be back right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. 